Today's podcast is sponsored by Cincinnati State Technical College. I've seen it, but I've never actually been inside. It's definitely a real college though. Thanks for coming back to the Anecdotal Experience Podcast. The Dotes Facebook page has 140 likes. Not trying to flex, because it's really not that many. Hey, thank you for being here. Thank you for giving us a chance. Maybe maybe this is the second chance. Maybe you listened to an episode before and you didn't enjoy it. But you came back and you said, let's give Joe another chance. Maybe this one will be good. Thanks. Today we have Joe Young on the podcast, comic from Dayton that runs a show in Miamisburg, Ohio. I've plugged that show before because Joe left an iTunes review. And I was grateful. That's who I am. So I reciprocated. This is a good episode. Talking about bombing. He's a comedian. What that's like. Is it good? Is it bad? Can you learn to love it? I think so. I think you can. Um, Talk about our dreams. Like, what are you trying to do? Why is your dream your dream? Do you want to be famous? Do you want to be rich? Do you want the girls that wouldn't make out with you in high school? To say, I wish I would have made out with that dude because he's famous now. Maybe that's Joe. Maybe that's me. Find out now. T-shirts, iTunes review. Been on the podcast before. Yeah. Uh, well, I was trying to think on the way up here. I was trying to think of the moment in my life where I decided I wanted to do comedy. And I can't pin it down. I know it was about eight years ago, actually. Okay. I started writing jokes down. Uh, they were awful. <laughs> And, oh uh, yeah, so man. bad. We should exchange bad jokes. Oh, I think I burnt them. <laughs> I but, didn't. Uh, <laughs> we did. But no, it was all like the hacky, like uh, comparing my first time on stage to like losing my virginity. Jokes like that. I think Ooh. I had like. Oh, I know. I'm so glad I never yeah. did them. But no, it was uh, eight years ago. I wanted to do it. Uh, wrote some stuff down. Never had the courage. Uh, and then I met my wife. Uh, one thing led to another. We're you know five years in now. You lost your virginity. <laughs> No, I that was before that. But uh, no, I, I stopped thinking about comedy. And then uh, something happened. I think it was just somebody at work. Uh, just like, hey, you're funny. You should do stand-up. You know how people tell you that? Yeah. You're funny. You should do... And they don't realize the difference in being funny in real life compared to translating it to stage. Right. And I didn't think I could do that. Uh, and I just started thinking about it more. Just the little bug in my ear just wouldn't leave. I need to try this. need to do it. Right. Uh were you so, always like? Were you always the funny guy? Uh, sometimes I'm very reserved. Uh, I'm very out of the circle, and then very. I'll listen to people talk, and then I'll throw in one liner thing, and then I'm done. Nice, you just, it, you're out. I'm out. I'll and be here all week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I don't talk very much. I do one thing, and then I'm done. Uh, so it was weird to translate that to find a way to do that uh, yeah. in real life. But there was just something always bugging me about it. This, If I don't do this, I'm going to regret it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I posted something on Reddit and uh, just where the, some open mics. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. And then Dan messaged me. And uh, I think it was three months later, I felt like I had enough written down. I can try it out. And okay. I went to the hole in the wall and did it. Nice. So, yeah. It was. It's weird because part of me thinks I should have started eight years ago. wonder how good I'd be. Yeah. But then I was a different person then. I might not have made it. I probably would have quit. Right. I, I wouldn't have had the confidence I had now to keep, I, to yeah. keep doing Because it's rough. You don't, I've never done anything that you fail so much at doing this. And oh, man. Keep doing it. Like, I, don't, I can't think of any other hobby where you just fail in front of people over and over until yeah. you're better. Well, I mean, even let's say you, you're a painter and, you're, and you make a painting. You paint a painting. And people see it. And they'll say, oh, cool, neat painting, Mm -hmm. whatever. It could be good, it could be bad. They're still going to say, hey, neat painting. Versus comedy, if they don't like it, you're not making them laugh. People are like, "That's your art is bad. Oh, yeah. So there's that direct response of, I mean, we've talked about this before, but there's that direct feedback of, you're not good at this. Maybe you should stop. Yeah, it's very binary. It's either on or off. Right. A joke, I didn't come up with this somebody else said this but a joke is never very rarely kind of funny it's either funny or it's not at all it's unlike uh, a movie can make you kind of sad yeah or really sad right but a joke it's either 
you're kind of you think it's funny or you don't right in a way so it's weird it's very hard and there's so many layers to comedy there's not just writing you got to perform which is completely out of my element i'm still working on that aspect of it but that's dude i feel i feel as though it's 75 percent performance because there are guys that i'm i listen to and i think wow you have good jokes you've got really good jokes but i hate sitting here listening to you Oh, yeah. Because you suck at performing. And it's a shame because your jokes are so good. Yeah. Uh, I completely... I actually think it's probably more than 75. I think it's probably 90, 10. You know almost. what? I agree. Because I've seen people with absolutely no material, but they're performing and they kill a room. Dude. You, you can't follow it. No. You can't. And then... Black, black guys. Black men. Yep. It's exactly it. They may have material, but they like a lot of times they just don't do it. Yeah. And they just crush a crowd by talking about some woman's cleavage. Exactly. And Not all black comedians, right. but like, you know the black comedian yeah. I'm talking about. The yeah. stereotypical one. Right. Yeah. And it's... If I had that confidence, if any of us had that confidence, yeah. with the jokes that we've been working on, oh my God. Oh, to be black. <laughs> To be stereotypically black. I know what you mean. To have yeah. that. I watched um, BT. Guy from Indianapolis. Okay. He was here in Dayton. Yeah. Or no, sorry. In Cincinnati at the Funny Bone. He was just in Dayton too. Was yeah. he? Okay, yeah. Dude, that guy, I don't even think he, he had a couple basic premises of like his wife and stuff, but mostly just like talking about women's cleavage in the crowd. And I'm not saying that like it just happened to be that or talking about these drunk people that kept shouting, but he just made a performance out of it. It was incredible performance man yeah yeah you can learn anything from any comic regardless of if you think they're good or bad you can carlos mencia Mm -hmm. gets a lot of shit uh stealing jokes whatever but i watched him i have never seen anybody perform so well he's insane his energy for a whole hour was just you can't top that right it's just you can learn from anybody Mm -hmm. i i used to be a carlos mencia fan oh okay he's amazing yeah yeah he he closed our open mic once at the Funny Bone. Are you serious? Yeah, he was there for the weekend, and he showed up early, and uh, it was like an hour and a half long show of open micers, Yeah. so everybody's tired. Right. Uh, his feature went up and did 20, did really well, and then he's like, you know, you guys want a special treat? And Mencia went up, I think he did 75 minutes after our hour and a half open mic. Were people into it, or were they just yes, weary? Yes, they were very into really? it. Really? Yeah. He brought the energy back oh, up. Oh, he crushed it. How long ago was that? Uh... Probably like six months now. Oh, it was a wow. while ago. Yeah. So it was okay. It was insane. It was a good story though for people who were there, like, hey, Carlos Mencina showed up to this yeah. open mic. Maybe we should check more of these out. Now it's not gonna happen again, but But that's what it's all about. Right. It's all about tricking people into thinking maybe yeah. it'll be good. Well, and luckily he went at the end, you know, because you can't follow that. Right. Uh there's another example, Ari Spears. I don't yeah. know if you know he yeah, showed Matt up. TV. Yeah, he check. showed up. Yeah. He went in the middle of our open mic, uh-huh. and he did 20 minutes. Yeah. I don't know how you follow that. You can't. Because it was him, and he did this whole... Uh, police, Black guys, man. Police brutality. Yeah. But he ended on a very serious note, which is good if you're doing your own hour, and then the show's over. Oh, yeah. But it's when a you end closing, on a serious yeah. note, and then you have two of the whitest comics coming up after you, yeah, it was very hard to follow that. It's a good <sighs> lesson, though. It's one of those things you can't blame anybody but yourself. I mean, anybody can come back from that if you know what you're doing. Right. I could not. Was it you? Uh, I was second after him, yeah. You were. Yeah. poor kid. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was brutal. A lot of brutal nights there. It's a... We have two clubs in town, and that one's a... This is Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, in Dayton, yeah. yeah. We have Wiley's, and then we have Funny Bone, and Funny Bone's a little tougher of a room, uh, because I think... People expect more from me there. It's a different environment. Okay. It's I don't know something about it's weird. I can't put my finger on it, but if you do, if you do either one of them, you'll feel it. Yeah. Just a different vibe. Higher expectations. Yes. You can't be as dirty. Uh, you can't really Ooh, be as crass. Right. There's something about it. I don't know. It's the There's location more, or yeah. what. And more of like a specific uh, expectation. Not even necessarily higher caliber of funny, but more of like you got to fit into this role of comedian that a funny bone because it's a franchise right they're expecting you to just be the comedian they're expecting to a degree right maybe that's it i don't know i'm talking down my ass yeah i don't know i like i said i can't even put my finger on it there's just something different i think any club is different than the next one but just comparing the two and i have in town in dayton it's just it's different yeah i don't know i i barely i think i've only had one show at the funny bone i felt i'd done i i did well at at wiley's i have i think three or four but uh, 
Good yeah. shows. Good shows. Yeah, I'm very. Yeah. I, I critique myself a lot. I think I only have three shows I'm proud of, and I've done seventy this year alone. Oh, man, so. I crush every night. That's too bad. <laughs> I've never, never bombed. Well, congratulations. That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to be delusional. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Uh, you know what I want to talk about? What's up? I want to talk about worst you've ever bombed. Okay. And I'll go too. Okay, that's fine. You go. Do you do you have it oh, ready? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. hear it. Okay. Uh, it was my second time. My first time went well. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, hole the hole in the wall. Yeah, yeah, hole in the wall. All comics. Very supportive. I think it's because I had no expectations. I didn't know what to expect. I just wanted to do it. I you probably know. expected failure. I did. Yeah. And when it went well, I kind of felt good. Oh man. Uh, yeah. So my second time, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to do this again. That was easy. Uh, this was at the Dublin Pub, which is a restaurant in the Oregon District in Dayton. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, all comics. Uh, it, it was a very weird room. It didn't last very long. But uh, my friend was there to see me. The first time I did stand-up, uh, I didn't tell anybody. Yeah. I told my wife before I left, okay. and that was it. Because yeah. this was for me. Right. Before, I, when I wanted to do it, I told everybody, oh, I'm going to do this, and right. I never did it. This was for me. Right. So uh, the second time, I started telling people. So I told my friend. You brought a buddy because you did so well the first I time. I did. I yeah. brought a buddy. Overconfidence. And, yeah. yeah. And I had a panic attack. I couldn't breathe. No way. Uh, yeah, I couldn't remember my before? jokes. Before or no, during, on stage? On stage. Oh, gosh. Yes, I couldn't breathe. Uh, I was talking too fast. Uh, I was hot. I felt like I was going to faint. And I somehow managed to get through it with, I think, maybe one chuckle. And I can't believe my friend has seen me since. But uh, if I were him, I would have never came back. You were visibly having a panic attack. Oh, I watched the video after before I deleted it. Why did you watch that video? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But it was awful. I, like, I was researching how to breathe on stage after that because I was like, "I, I can't do that. I can't breathe. Because you're asking for more panic attacks. Because yeah. now you're just thinking, don't have a panic attack. Yeah. 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 And I don't know why I ever did it again after that. Wow. I think if I would have done comedy eight years ago when I wanted to, and that happened, I'm done. I never, I would have never gone back. Right. Because you, yeah. Something, I don't know. I just wanted to, I think Dan, Dan booked me on a show after that. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't see me at the Dublin pub. I was like, I don't think you want to book me there. Uh, because yeah. of what had just happened. He's like, no, you're, you're, it's fine. And he booked me to uh, do 10 minutes, and I had four crappy minutes. Wow, and, uh, after the second time you'd done yeah, it and had yeah. a panic attack on yeah, stage. Yeah, and he, he didn't see me have the panic attack. Um, right. But I think he just wanted to help out a new guy. And uh, I don't know. I, what I, a sweetie. It was the very next night. And once again, it wasn't quite a, as bad of a panic attack, but it mm-hmm. was pretty. You had another one? Not necessarily. I think it was just nerves. I, it wasn't full blown. Yeah, you're just the nervous guy yeah. on stage. I was like, oh, yeah. how long do I have left? And he's like, seven minutes. Well, oh, man. So, uh, but I don't know, something, I think he helped me keep going. But, uh, well, take yeah. us through what I really want to know about is you getting on stage at the Dublin pub after doing a pretty decent set at the hole in the wall, having some confidence, enough confidence that you said, hey, buddy, friend of mine who I, you know, care what like yeah. who, what you think of me come to this show and then you get on stage and how what the transition of i have self-confidence to i'm having a panic ta- like panic yeah. ta- how's that how's that happen i i wish i knew i, I how did the if, first joke go i don't even remember what my opener used to be okay uh, i don't even use almost any of the jokes i used to but yeah i think i don't know if it was him recording me i don't know if it was him being there if it was the room I used to drink a lot. Okay. Uh, I think I might have had too much to drink as uh, well. That'll do it, yeah. Uh, it was just a combination of just being flushed and sweaty, right. and now they know I'm flushed and sweaty. Yeah. And the room was always hot. I, I wish I knew what it was, and I, that was a rough room regardless. Okay. Uh, even if you did well, it wasn't well. You were probably already in nervous after you got there because you probably weren't comfortable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't as welcoming. Like, Hole in the Wall felt welcoming. Everybody was there. Yeah. It was a very small room. Right. Everybody's like, you got this. You're going to be fine. Dublin Pub was completely different. It's like, all right, go on. You're on your own now. Go do it. Yeah. I don't know. You didn't have the loving, supportive family of comedians. Right. That's, dude, that's a very good point. I think, worst, uh, I've had two two experiences. Mine also. We Cam O'Connor and I talked about this because the first time you do comedy, you're usually expecting to bomb. 
okay? And if you do pretty decent or whatever, that first time, you, you're, something in your brain clicks and you're like, oh, I'm good. I'm good at comedy. Friends, come watch. Mm-hmm. And I did the same thing, okay? Had a pretty decent set. First time I did comedy was at Snickers Comedy Club. And I talk about this all the time in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay, here's what I did. I called. I didn't know how to do comedy. I didn't know how the means to go to an open mic. But I just called and I said, hey, do you guys have like an open mic or do you need like an opener or something anytime soon? And they said, yeah, can you do this show on whatever Thursday? And I was I was like, yeah, I, okay, I'll do that. And I opened like a crowded room on a Thursday. I I wasn't the host, but I was like kind of doing a five minute guest spot. It wasn't an open mic? Dude, it was people that came and paid like 15 bucks. Oh my gosh. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. The Like by far the biggest show I've ever played. Huh. Like, isn't that nuts? The yeah. first time I ever did comedy. I have video of it. Like my brother was there and it was, it was packed, man. How'd you do? I, people were drunk. And I kind of rode, I rode the coattails of the host. Um, it was terrible. It was terrible, but I didn't bomb. Okay. So now I'm kind of like, oh, all right, we'll see what's next. Did Crackers, a bringer show at Crackers in Indianapolis, Indiana, told my best friend, Dan Remington, who's been on the podcast. You guys know him. And I said, hey, come, come. I need to have, like bring people. So, dude, you should come watch me. And I ate piles of my own shit. <laughs> And it was terrible. And it, like you said, with your buddy, you're like, wow, man, you had to see me do that, you know? Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, and you like see them later or you, right after the show. And yeah, it sucks, man. It's that second time. Yeah. I think it, you're right. If you do well your first time, it's coming. You're, right. Your bombs. It's almost better to get it out of the way. Yeah. But it's a, it's a weird hobby in the sense that you have to fail in order to not care about failing. Right. And then you won't fail anymore. Tell, okay, I'll, another, moving on from the worst bomb you've ever had, what, do you have a moment where you decided, oh, I don't care, like, I'll bomb, and I get off stage, and the bomb is over, it's over, it's done, or do you, do you kind of fester? I still fester, not as much as I used to. Okay. Um, I used to fester a lot, like, there would be days where... I think a couple times I actually missed work the next day. I was so upset. Are you serious? Yeah, I was very upset about oh, wow. it because this is my thing. I've wanted to do this forever. If I don't can't do it, then what am I doing? So okay. uh, I guess I'm past that now. Uh, I realize nothing's going to happen to me if it doesn't go well. You know, you right. figure out what you did wrong and you try to do it again. Yeah. Uh, it still bothers me. Not as much, but mm-hmm. uh, I try to move on a little bit. Yeah. I'm getting comfortable. I'm still... A little nervous on stage i'm working on it but i still need to fail a few more times before i can not care about it yeah you need those big big hairy nasty fails where you just or you know a mouthful i like saying eating piles of my own shit for bombing <laughs> yeah it's no, a that's... new thing it, it really doesn't it feel oh absolutely because it's just you talking yeah um and uh yeah and I had it at Wiley's in Dayton. I got halfway through a set that was just not going well, you know, and I, these are my jokes and I was, I hadn't been doing it very long, but I got halfway through with no, not a lot, you know, like comparatively speaking to the people that had gone before me, wasn't doing well. And I got like six jokes in and I, I just thought, well, this is, this cannot get worse. And I stopped caring. It was just, all right, well, I have six more jokes. I Let's just see what happens. And I just, I didn't, and after that, it kind of turned around. Because hmm. rather than get scared, rather than get scared, because, or, you know, whatever you want to call that, anxious or anything, and say, oh, now I'm ashamed of myself and my jokes, or taking the stance of, now I'm mad at you guys for saying I'm not funny, or for, you know, giving me the feedback that would make me feel like I'm not funny and just say, whatever, it doesn't matter to me. You, I'm sorry. I'm going to tell six more jokes. I'm sorry you have to hear them because you clearly <laughs> don't care. But I think that sort of triggered it to me because the next six jokes went well. And I think that was it. I think it was just, oh, this guy doesn't 
once you stop caring, people feel comfortable, you know? So you can either, it's just learning to go out, try to have fun. It's like losing a basketball game. You're not ashamed at the end. You tried, you know? Right. And that's how I decided, like, I had to look at it, you know? That makes sense. I think I try to do that with jokes that I know work. And when I do it right, if I'm doing a lot of new things, then I get a little upset because it's like, okay, maybe the joke's not good. Yeah. Uh, So I do lose a little confidence there. Like, even last night, I was doing a new joke at an open mic, and this girl in the back, I could just hear her, that's not funny. That's not funny. And that's just like, oh, okay. She said it twice? She said it twice. No. Oh, yeah. You got to call her out. Well, the room is set up very weird. She's in the back of the room, uh, so we're not facing her at all. Okay. Um, it's a very small room, and there's not very many people there. It wasn't worth calling her out because I was the host of the show. Okay. Uh, so kind of wanted to move it on and just try to get, right. it, get it over yeah. with. But it's weird because the week before, it, w- it went well. And yeah. then this, so when I do new things, I get a little more, fi- I, w- I guess, offended. Yeah. But just personally, it's like, ah, that didn't work. I guess that's not funny. Oh, when someone audibly says that and yeah. challenges you, yeah, it's it's like it's terrible. It's gonna be a yeah. while before I try that again, uh, honestly, because that kind of got to me. It's like maybe it's really not funny. Mm-hmm. So like I really like I was gonna do it next week at a club, and now I'm definitely not right just because of her. <laughs> so maybe I need to work on it more. And you can't really get mad. You know what I mean? That's no, like it's no. honestly a good thing. Oh yeah, because no. she take it however you want. Oh, but I'm she, happy. Yeah, she didn't like it. If I did that. It's probably not good. And if I did it next week, it's a funny bone. Uh, that's not good. <laughs> if yeah. it's it a large crowd, if it's bad, I need to know. Right. Before I get up there. That's why I do those rooms. So yeah. no, in a way I'm thankful. It still hurts, but dude, I had, I had that too at that same show at Wiley's. This guy, uh, he said, I kind of was tagging a joke that didn't work. And he says, jokes over. <laughs> and then that was the point where I'm like, okay, this cannot get worse. This guy is challenging me. So that's where I didn't care. But you're right, though. When he said joke's over, it's it sucks. It, it's painful. It's like physically painful. Yeah. Yeah. You feel it. Absolutely. Yeah, man. But I think the key in growing as a comic is even when you bomb, bombing won't matter until you figure out why. Yeah. Otherwise you know get mad it's not going to change anything no. figure out why you bombed it's not then, their fault no never never yeah yeah you like you're and even with like i mean us where we're at now i'm we're so blessed to have anyone even paying attention oh to give us this feedback for us to become good yeah and i think being grateful for people taking their time to listen to your you know dumb jokes that you just came up with you got to respect that, how awesome it is that they're taking the time to listen to you, you know? Yeah. So when did you learn not to blame the audience? Oh, uh, yeah. Let's make this about me. <laughs> um, well, because I have a moment of myself, so I figured I'd ask oh, you first. Oh, great. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, I think it's just, I think I've kind of always re- like respected people's time. And honestly, I don't like watching comedy shows. People have to be really good and really original. And um, most comedy is pretty bad, you know? Huh. I don't, like, I, I enjoy comedy, but um, not general comedy. There are certain comedians that I love, you know? And I'm like, this person is great. Like, Kurt Metzger, I was listening to him today, and he's just, it's just quality. I'm like, this is original. I'm enjoying this. But just the general, like, let's go to a comedy club... I don't want to go. So I understand that. And to most people who don't even do comedy, I recognize you probably don't want to be here. So thank you for being here. So yeah, I don't really know if I had a moment. I just kind of empathize with the people sitting there. So yeah. What about you? Um, I did a show in Lima and I live in Dayton. So it was about a two and a half hour drive. Okay. Uh, I got off work at 3 PM and I had to be there by I think seven. So I pretty much left as soon as I got off work. Yeah. Uh, to do 12 minutes uh, for this comic in Dayton. His name's Doug Morgan. He wanted me to open for him. Uh, so I pretty much got off work, changed, and drove. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm still relatively new at this point, so I barely had 12. Like, it was all written down. I didn't have it memorized. Right. Uh, so I drive two and a half hours to the show. I think it's like 20 frat boys sober 
Okay. Uh, and they did not want comedy. It seemed like. Where are me. you? Was it a? Wait. It was some college. I don't even remember the name of it. Some okay. small college in Lima. Okay. Uh, in this like rec room of the college. Okay. And, uh, no alcohol. They were just sitting there staring at me. How many people? How many frat boys? Maybe 15, 20 right. at the most. Okay. Uh, the room is set up very weird. They're all in the back. So there's like maybe 15 feet between me and them. All right. At least that's how it is in my head. Maybe they were closer. Right. But I did 12 minutes. Uh, to almost no laughter whatsoever. Okay. Absolutely nothing. Uh, and this was what I thought at the time was my egg stuff. Uh, yeah. So I got off the stage and I had to be at another show, so I had to leave. Yeah. So I pretty much drove two and a half hours for 12 minutes of silence. Right. Came back to Dayton. Uh, and then I hear from Doug Morgan after the show, I was like, hey, did you ever, you know, did the crowd ever lighten up? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You know, uh, Tim did, Tim Lucas did some crowd work. I did. And they finally loosened up a little bit and yeah. they had a great time. And it's just like, I was going to blame them, you know, right. for not wanting it. And I just wasn't good enough yet. So it's, that was my moment of like, yeah, you got to be good. You dude. And that's what it is. It's, um, this is super inside baseball, but it's about anyone that's watched comedy can relate to this though. You got to recognize what's going on in the room. You know, your act doesn't matter. It's very, there are certain occasions where a hour long comedy act is appropriate. Like at a comedy club where people are drunk and ready to laugh at a person who a spotlight is pointed at. Do 45 minutes. It's great. Cool. If you're in a theater, theater is ideal. You're not going to do crowd work. People are there to see you. But at a frat party where people are kind of reluctant anyway, you need to go in and you need to adapt. You're a performer. You're an entertainer. You got to go in and say, oh, I need to like talk to these frat boys about their tattoos and make fun of their tattoos for a while. I need to engage with them. And so they realize, oh, we like this guy. Now everything he says is funnier. Yeah. 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 And that was, that's a big problem of mine is uh, going off book. I just started doing that like last week. Yeah. I'm very by the book, uh, read my I don't, I no longer use a cue card on stage or mm-hmm. no card or whatever, but uh, I'm very, I'll do my material and that's pretty much it. Yeah. I'm just now starting to expand into other things and it's working well for me. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's one thing I wasn't ready for is to just be funny. You don't have to read your script. Right. You shouldn't have a script. You should have things ready, but mm-hmm. you're not, it's not a monologue. You need to interact a little bit in that situation. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are times when, you know, you can't, you got to know, you can't be in a theater being like, hey, you in the brown shirt. They're like, we can't even see the guy in the brown shirt. Yeah. What is he doing? And yeah, no, I, yeah, you got to watch, uh, watch a couple black comedians. Watch what they do. Godfrey, you know, he's great. Watch what he does. Watch him just be funny. Just be comfortable and radiate funny. Right. You know? You have to be the reason that people told you to do this in the first place. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, writing jokes wasn't why people told me, hey, you should do comedy. It was just naturally yeah. being trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. You're uh, quick. Uh, yeah, off, yeah. The, off the cuff, whatever yeah. you want to call it. So whenever I can figure out how to incorporate that more, you know, I th- hopefully things will start to get better. But Yeah. Let's, um. okay, so let's talk about your, let's revel for a bit. What was your most glorious validating um experience in comedy uh that was probably the one uh i think it was maybe two weeks now maybe a week ago uh right before my birthday it was a house party yeah, i saw um, pictures of that yeah house yeah. party yeah. all black room okay i've never done a show like that uh-huh. uh so i was very nervous i was the only white person there uh, how'd you all, get that by the, uh, real this quick comic keith irvin it okay. was his family uh cool. He came to see me host the Funny Bone open mic just uh-huh. to support me. He got a call about the show while he was in the green room, and he was like, Joe, you want to do this show? Yeah. Just, I think just because I was there. Right place, right time. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this house, nicest house I've ever been in. Uh-huh. Uh, and by the way, this is the story I'm trying to work into my act that the lady said wasn't funny. So oh, okay. All right. <laughs> maybe it'll help to talk about it. But no, it was a... Uh, so, I'm very nervous. I'm the only white person there. Yeah. All black room. Uh, I've never done a black show all black comics and uh i just decided in my head before i went on i was like this is not gonna go well uh so it doesn't matter i'm yeah. just gonna just do whatever right so i went off book for the first maybe three minutes i was supposed to do 10 yeah uh, for the first three minutes i just talked about the house i talked about keith 
uh, I just started talking about people I saw and it went so well. Yeah. And I've never said this, but I, I murdered that room. It yeah. was incredible. I've never felt so yeah. high. Revel, I asked you to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it just felt good. I was just doing my thing. And then my actual material didn't even go that well. It was good, yeah. but it wasn't as good as my stuff I made up. Yeah. And someone came up to me after the show and she said, you were just, you were naturally funny. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel I've ever done that before. I've never been naturally funny on stage. I've wanted to, yeah. but I haven't felt it. You've been and drinking? No, no, oh, I quit drinking actually. Oh, nice. Uh, Good for you. Yeah, thank you. Um, but no, it was it was incredible. Yeah. And uh, ever since then, I've just tried to be in the moment a little bit more. Yeah. And just try it, because what's gonna happen? Nothing. Yeah. You know. No, doesn't matter. Right. Nothing matters. Yeah. <laughs> it's all just like people just want to see a guy up there having fun, dude. Yeah, you have to have fun. Uh, there was a point where I took it too seriously. And I think at some level you have to take it serious, yeah. you know? Um, but it was too, I was like, buy the book. This joke works. I'm going to do it. If it doesn't work, I'm going to be mad about it. Right. You can't do that. Why, you know? why are you in, why are you drawn to comedy? What are you trying to do? Why, what are you trying to get out of it? I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Uh, you know, a year ago when I started, I would have told you, cause I want to make people laugh. All and right. that's true. I do. Yeah. Um, and actually, Christopher Titus... What's the real reason? Yeah. Christopher, yeah. It, 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 open mic workshop, Christopher Titus talked to us, and he asked me that. I was a month into comedy. He said, why do you do comedy? I said, because I want to make people laugh. He said, mm. Bull, he said bullshit. Yeah. There's something else he there. He would. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I finally realized there's more to it. Uh, because I'm the outsider, I'm the quiet one. Okay. Um, people don't listen to me very often. Right. I don't talk very much. I never have attention, which mm-hmm. is fine, mm-hmm. unless I'm on stage, and then I have the attention you people are yeah. people are listening to me talk for the first time yep. it's powerful it is yeah and it's i've never felt like that before yeah and like my confidence in life has just gone up it's it's weird it's yeah. i'm finally realizing the real reason i'm doing it it's kind of an arrogant reason but at least i understand it yeah because you literally have the floor yeah you don't have to wait for anyone you don't have to assert yourself yeah someone else says hey this guy's gonna I'm going to give this guy a mic and we're going to amplify his voice for five minutes. The yeah. floor is yours, man. Yeah. And, and I think that's why it was so hard in the beginning when it didn't go well, because that was my first time right. opening myself up like that and I wasn't getting anything back. So it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that I see I, I'm learning how to do it more, it's like, okay, you know, maybe I can do this. Yeah. I think I'm being more outgoing in life in general because of it. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. It's wild. But yeah, that's, I think when it boils down to it, that's the reason. Yeah, to be heard, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why, I mean, I'm, same story, man. That's why I do it. I just want, because I don't like, like you, I don't like aggressively trying to get attention. And I think a lot of people want attention. I think we all do. We all want to be heard. So if you can just say, give me the microphone. There's a lot of pressure on this, but if you can say, give me the microphone, people, at least I have an advantage to anyone else in this room because I my voice is gonna be louder than anyone else's. Yeah. In kind of because that's I'm yeah that's why I want to do it. I just want to be, I just want to be heard, you know. Yeah. And I, you're right. I don't think it's a good. I don't think it's super healthy. I think the ideal is just kind of mind your own business and live your own life. But yeah. Yeah. Because, what do you think of this? All right. This is kind of a gross analogy, but hang with me. Okay. All right. People, stand-up comedy is very masturbatory. Yes. Would you agree with that? Yes. It's very uh, self-gratifying. Absolutely. Because you're going on stage. And because this is why it's okay to really, because it's so arrogant for you to get on stage and say, hey, look at me. Look at me for the next five to 10 to 20 to 45 minutes and listen to what I have to say. Let's make this next 45 minutes. It's not an ensemble. It's not a performance. It's not a play. It's just me talking into a microphone. No, usually no props, no nothing. Listen to me, all the attention. And it's, uh, yeah, into it, it really, it's the closest thing you can do to just masturbating in front of people. You know? I, I yeah, because I I have talked about things on stage that people didn't know about me. Okay. Uh, and it's just uh I don't do it quite as much anymore, but it's a way to 
to open myself up that I normally wouldn't. So you're yeah. right. It's completely selfish right. and, and arrogant to say, to say that. And that's because I think that's why I'm drawn to it because I'm not like that in, in real life. Yeah. So to speak. So yeah, I think that's, that's my chance to do that. Other people yeah. will take their chances other ways. Yeah. You know, this is mine. I agree. Other people will try to assert themselves into conversations that yeah. they're maybe not welcome. Oh, in. we all know people like that who yeah. talk too loud or know it alls. Yeah. You know, totally. You, yeah. And yeah, I, that's why I love comedy. And I even like, I appreciate when I'm in a room of just comics. Cause it's like, it doesn't matter that these people are comedians or they're not an art. Like, it's just what well, they got ears and they're going to listen to me, you know. And if they're talking in the back, I'm going to call them out and make sure they are, you yeah. know. And that's what I, yeah, that's what I, that's what I love about it. Let's, uh, what do you share on stage? Like, what, like what's the idea behind what would be something you kind of share on stage that you're not really comfortable like sharing with, like not you don't like talking about it in like a conversation right but when it comes to something on stage you're like well whatever i'll bring it up right yeah. no and i don't do it anymore uh because i wasn't ready to do it uh mm-hmm. now a lot of comics won't talk about themselves uh Maybe because they're scared or because it's too hard or maybe it's just not funny. Yeah. Uh, for me, that's what I tried to do in the very beginning uh, because that's what I knew. I yeah. knew me. I knew my life. Right. Uh, so for the beginning part of uh, my year in comedy was talking about my dad who passed away okay. uh, when I was 11. And a lot of people, and that's why I stopped doing it is because people took it too hard. They felt bad for me and pity and I don't want that no, at all. No. I, no. To me, it's funny. Right. But I have to convince them that it's funny, which right. is very hard to do when you're new. Yeah. You can't convince somebody your dead dad's funny unless you're really funny yeah. at doing it. Especially only five minutes right. at a time. Exactly. You're like, so let's talk about my dead dad. Yeah. And people are like, oh, I Jump wanted... right into that. Yeah. And in the middle of these mass, you know, dick jokes and stuff, other open and racist things, other open right. micers do, here's yeah. this guy's dead dad. Right. And I'm very deadpan. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it worked the first few times I did it. And yeah. I think it was shock value and oh, then it kind of yeah. died down. And I was like, I'm going to put this on the back burner cause it's always going to be there. Right. You know, he's always going to be dead. Yeah. I'll keep going back to that. Yeah. But yeah. So I tried to make it funny. I really did. I had almost five minutes on it and it just, it wasn't hitting. It yeah. wasn't. Yeah. So I, I, I would love to revisit that, but yeah, I know, I know what you mean. There's stuff that I do. And because in reality, if I were to really talk about the way I feel about certain things and be, it's uncomfortable, you know, but if you hear it on stage, it's no one's going to, no one's going to ask me about it. No one's going to be like, you said that thing up there. Well, let's talk. No one's going to, no one does that. Yeah. It just kind of dies up there and you don't need to, you're not confiding it in anyone. It's, uh, I don't know. It just kind of dies on stage and people see a side of you and then it's gone yeah it's it's hard to convince somebody something so serious is funny to you right it's like for me i've been making jokes about my dead dad since i was you know maybe 15 right i remember like one of my first jokes i made about it and it was the funniest thing i think i'd ever said at the time yeah because it was just that's what i think comedy is is making light of something awful yeah because that's that's the only way to get past it i think yeah is is to to joke about it but there's lots yeah. of people that don't feel that way. And yeah. if somebody, you know, you never know what's going on in the audience. Somebody just had a parent die. Yeah. You know, something similar. If they're going through the same thing, it's like that's 5% of the crowd that is done with you. And then everything you say after that is you know, they're not, they're not going to listen to you. Yes. What you need to do is you need a longer, you need longer time to build trust with the audience. So they see Joe and they're like, oh, this guy's good. Mm-hmm. We like him. He's a good person. He has a good, not even, because even like Daniel Tosh, when he's doing his stuff for anyone, or Jeselnik. Yeah. Sure, it's offensive. But at the same time, when you hear him talking, you know he's a good guy. Yes. And he's just trying to have fun. So when you go up and you do half an hour, we know you. And now you're doing your dead dad jokes. And we say, oh, it's okay. We know him. We know who he is. And these jokes are okay. And you know what? My dad died. No, I'm not. I'm doing a bit as a yeah, person to cry. Yeah, I gotcha. All right. And my my dad died. And this is comforting, knowing that Joe is at the point in his life where 
he can make these jokes and kind of recognize in life that even tragedy is still funny because it's all kind of whatever. It's all just, you know, people floating around. Yeah. Living and dying. I guess I never thought about it that way, but that would be my ultimate goal yeah. is, to, is to do that. And that's another thing is I'm very self-deprecating as well. So I, I was opening with my self-deprecation and then moving into the dead dad. Right. So uh, this guy in Dayton, Jonathan Craig, he's like, I mean, the jokes are funny by themselves. When you do them all together, it's like, is this guy okay? Yeah. Like, I am. But five I minutes to... of sad. Yeah. yeah. I don't want that at it's all. too much. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I'm trying to branch out, not write about myself as much, which is hard to do, I think. Other people find oh, it yeah. the complete opposite. Like Jonathan Craig, he, he will only write about other things. I mean... He has a personal life that's insane, and any, like, Titus would take his life and turn it into three-hour specials. For sure. But he doesn't want to talk about it, which is fine. Yeah. So he talks about other things, which I think is harder. So it's just different. It depends on how you write, I guess. Just trying to find my voice, as they say. Yeah. So. Yeah. I I do think even, uh, back, like, when you're talking about self, uh, self-deprecating humor. Yeah. And I think the natural tendencies for people to do when they're first I've, I've heard your self-deprecating stuff and oh, you it's have? Okay. very funny oh yeah, thank yeah, you yeah, yeah um and it like that's the natural thing to do because sometimes people are oh i need to talk about i need to be racist or i need to be talk about my penis because that's comedy and that's what it is or i need to be self-deprecating you know like there's that natural inclination and i think it's so funny with self-deprecating humor it's still you're still jacking off on stage because you're saying oh i'm look at me look at me like look how look at like look how sad i am look at my flaws but at the same time you're still saying look at me maybe we're looking at your flaws but you're also saying my flaws are important enough for you to look at yeah you know i do it i think i do it because that way nobody else can say it if I oh, yeah. if I say everything bad about me, absolutely. Then what are you gonna say? You know, defense if I, mechanism. I think if I was in a roast, I don't think there's a joke anybody would have that I haven't made about myself already. Yeah. So it's a it's a type of self defense. Yes. Uh, but I think I find it funny. You know, and I think it's uh, it's disarming. I get up there and make fun of myself. Maybe somebody in the audience is thinking that. Right. And now all of a sudden they're on board with me. Like, oh, this he doesn't like himself. Let's. Yeah. See, I don't know. I I usually open with it. And I think it works. I, I might try different things, but yeah. no, dude, I do that so much in life is I just try to beat people to the punch. I just make fun of myself and I try to get it out of the way and I try to be as harsh and it just deflates any sort of ammunition anyone would have against me to potentially hurt me. Anything yeah. I'm insecure about that I'm like, please don't talk about this or that. I'll just bring it up. I'll get it out there. And then it's just, what do you, you can't hurt me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a uh, quick example today at work, they had like a, a carry and a food. And of course I'm going to eat it. I'm a big guy. So what I did yeah, is like, food. Oh, make room for the big guy. Yeah. Need some food. I say it first. Right. Nobody else can say it. Yeah. They Before, can, mm-hmm. but I, I'm there first. Yeah. So that's just always how I've been. Yeah. Me too. I'm the same way. It's uh, it's a good thing to do. I think you can, um, nobody likes someone that takes themselves too seriously. Exactly. No one likes a guy that's trying to pretend he's something he's not. You have to be very good to do that. I don't know if you've ever seen Joe Bates. Uh, he's an Indianapolis comic. He is an alpha male okay. on stage. He's very nice off stage, but on stage, he does this like power move bit mm-hmm. where he's just this alpha male. And the way he does it is so funny. I've never seen anybody be so arrogant on okay. stage but it just works you have to commit fully to it yes you have to be very good though but yeah you should check him out okay very funny guy yeah i think to that extent i think even like my i don't do anything self-deprecating in my act only it, it's almost to a degree like i'll try to do something almost alpha male um but i try to point out the reason why an alpha male might do something and the reason the alpha male probably asserts himself so much is because he's overcompensating. Exactly. And that's what's funny. Yeah. It's, you know, why is he working out? Why is he working out all the time? Why is he wearing a tank top? You know, like what there is something there where he's wearing this tank top 
when it's probably too cold outside to wear a tank top, but he's still wearing it. He's got something to prove. Yeah. Well, and it's like the same thing with Anthony Jeselnik. If he didn't have his confidence, his overconfidence on stage with his yeah. jokes, I don't think they would work. No. Because you have to. He's like, I think he even says a couple times, like, that's a funny joke. I don't know why you're not laughing. And that would just get people on board right, right. away. Yeah. He coined that, man. Everyone yeah. does it now, but he coined that. Just, I don't like, it, it's just calling the audience out like, yeah, it's a shame that you're dumb. Yeah. I'm brilliant. And it's a shame that you're dumb because you're, this is gold. <laughs> Uh, Daniel Tosh does it to an extent, but yeah. I don't think as much as Jesselnik does. Yeah, but that's um, that's a thing. That's why I think people are attracted to really good comedians, and they like watching them. It like Tig Notaro, Louis C.K., Daniel Tosh, and Anthony Jeselnik, because they go on, and it's pure. Not even I don't even want to call it confidence. I want to call it just saying. They've come to terms with who they are as a person, flaws and all, you know, um, and they just be themselves. And there's no sense of, I'm afraid of anything. I'm insecure. It's just you being on stage saying, here's everything I got. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad, but whatever. I'm, I'm good with me. Yeah. It's attractive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I think why Louie does so well. Because he's just up there. He knows who he is. He knows what he is. He lets you know, and you're on board. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't try to be anything else. Yeah. I think he said it took him like 10 years to find his voice. I'm not really sure, but... Yeah. It takes a lot of people a long time. I think you just have to be true to yourself on stage, yeah. like you said. Yeah. I think you're hurting yourself by not doing it. There's people out there pretending to be things on stage, mm-hmm. trying to be offensive. Right. It's never going to work. You can't yeah. try to be offensive. Yeah. You have to be funny first. You can't and, even... Dude, I don't... I think you can't even try to be funny. Hmm. If that... I don't, I don't want to... I want to take it further. And if you think about comedy and you think about the joke, like what's... You're making this... Oh, and here's the joke. This is a comedy thing to say. I think you're doing it wrong. I think you're saying, how would I do this? How do I think? Maybe there's a tag or something where it's like, oh, I'll make fun of Dayton being boring because that's kind of a comedy thing to say. And then there's the tag where it's, I love this town. Maybe you really do. Maybe you don't like Dayton. But the truth is in there. You have an opinion on Dayton, okay? You have an observation on it. Maybe it's boring. Maybe you like it. Maybe it's home. Maybe it's something. But there's your own truth to it, and you can make a joke out of that, even though on paper... It may not seem like a joke if you were to write it down. But I think if you're genuine and you can be honest about a subject and not write a joke on it, you can make it funny. Okay. That's really, I don't have a great example, but that was when I write, I try to say, don't worry about the joke. Just do what you think is funny with it. That's still Hmm. you. That's not like, oh, I'm going to go on and do this joke. It's just me talking. Like, what, when I write the joke, I'm like, what is my voice? What does Joey Berthoff say when I'm just hanging out? Like you said, when you're being a natural person, you know? Huh. I don't think I've ever tried to write like that, and I think I'm going to. Yeah, man. Think about why people say to you, hey, you ever tried comedy before? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I usually just, like, uh, take a news article or something and just try to write punchlines to it. Very formulatic. Wow, I've uh, never done that. Really? No, I don't do that. Oh, I don't man. do. I like you said. I do stuff about me. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one thing I'm trying, and there's a lot of crap, but you eventually will find something in yeah. there, hopefully. But that's interesting how we both do different things. Yeah. No, I do. Yeah. You know what? I think. You know why I don't do anything real topical? It's because I don't care. Hmm. I don't care about the news. So I can't fake that I have an opinion on some um, political news story or some, you know, um, news about, I don't know, even like um, like Arab Spring or a meltdown in Tokyo. It just doesn't, I, uh, it sucks for any sort of travesty happening, but I couldn't fake any sort of real opinion because I don't care. Hmm. It's not, it's not weighing in on my life. I don't want to say like I'm apathetic toward um, anything atrocities happening, but it's uh, it's over there. And I, I think most comedians don't probably have a real opinion, but they try to, 
you know, maybe they'll try to form an opinion on something that's just not close to their heart. Like, yeah. Well, I don't get political or anything or uh, even I don't even really do current events because they don't have a very long shelf life. I just do like uh, like off topic news, like random bits of things and, and just try to think of what would be funny there. And then, you know, hopefully there's a bit there okay. that I could do for a few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's a one now I do about uh, there's a fast food restaurant. It's going all automated. Yeah. And that's just the thing. That's that's going to last a while. That joke has a good shelf life. Right. Um, but it does have a shelf life. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, but it's not like, you know, the Trump presidency or, you know, yeah. Arab Spring where it's just a few months. Right. So I, and I don't really do current events too much. Uh, I don't know. It's just different. In a way, I liked doing it that way because even if it does have a shelf life, it keeps your act fresh. True. Um, so you're not the comic doing the same five minutes two years down the road. Right. Everybody's seen it. You guys remember automated sandwich makers? Yeah. yeah. No? <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, you I've know, been Joe Young. Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I think I'm gonna try your way. Try it out. Yeah. Maybe I'll try your way, man. Yeah. I think uh yeah, that'd be great for if you were doing like if you were writing monologues and stuff. Well that's my goal. You that, would. Yeah. That's, that's what you're trying to do. That and you know, if I woke up tomorrow at my dream job, it would be, you know, writing for a weekend update on SNL or writing for a late night show. Oh, really? Yeah, I love writing jokes and just, oh. that would be, I mean, I like stand up, but I'm a much, this is from other people, so I don't sound arrogant, but I'm a yeah. much better joke writer than performer. Uh, I'm trying to work on performing, but. What do you think of that? What, it doesn't matter what other people think. What do you think of that? Oh, I completely agree. Okay. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yes. Right. I'm terrible at performing. Yeah. I'm awful. You can, you can say. But they say, uh, it was John Shrek from here in Cincinnati who told me, he's like, usually it's the other way around. Um, Normally, people are better performers, and then they learn how to write jokes. Okay, uh, yeah. So he said, it was a good thing that I'm already the opposite, because you can. it's easier to learn how to perform yeah. than it is to write a joke, is what he said. Yeah. So I don't know if that's true or not. I guess we'll find out. Depends who you are. Yeah. We're all different people. That's true. Yeah. That's funny, man. Well, because it's, like, it's hard to tell somebody, hey, your joke doesn't work, because it's not ABC. You know, it's different. Everybody writes jokes differently. Yeah. It's it's not in a book anywhere. I mean, right. you might find something on there, but whereas performance, somebody can tell me, lower the mic, move the mic stand, talk louder. It's yeah. like very simple things that can change your whole performance. It's like, literal. There's yes, no nuance to it. Absolutely. It's like, yo, I couldn't hear your joke because your mic was not close to your mouth. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I, I like writing better. I think that would be my dream job. Oh, I hate writing. <laughs> I hate it. I wish I was more naturally funny so I'd never have to write another joke. <laughs> I never would. Really? I hate it. Maybe you should just, uh, this is something Dan Seabury told me to do. I haven't done it yet, but yeah. take a premise and just go on stage with the premise and just talk. Yeah. Uh, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, and then your natural funny will come out eventually. If it's there. If it's there. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe. if it's not, you know, who cares? Nobody's going to remember it. Yeah. It's true. So. Yeah, we did, uh, Rand Barnaclow, who's been on the podcast, he does a mic every Monday, and he does themes to the mic. Not all the time, but he does... I wish he'd do it all the time, but one time it was do your first set. One time it was just talk, just riff. No, huh. nothing you've prepared. You just gotta go. You got five minutes and you're not getting off stage. And you know what? That was fun. I hate going to open mics. Hate going to open mics. I like hanging out with the guys, but listening to myself and everyone else do their jokes, I don't want to be there. I usually li- I listen for the whole thing because I want to give people the respect they gave me. And, uh-huh. You know, let's do this. Let's try to get better. But this was a blast. Every time someone got on a stage, I was like, this is going to be so funny. Because I haven't heard any of this. This is just someone's yeah. got to talk and just try to be funny naturally. So much. I love improv. I just think that's it's alive. It's organic, and funny people will be funny. Yeah, that's. I might have to try some of that at my mic that I run. Do that's it. a good idea. I didn't know he was doing that. Is that the Maccabee? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a smart cookie. That ran. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. He ain't no dummy. No. <laughs> Even though he seems kind of like a dummy. He pretends. Yeah. He's smart. Yeah, he's a smart dude. Yeah, man. So, what's uh, if you could give one goal or one sort of achievement that would give you not like tangible goal? Because who cares? 
Who yeah. cares? We're only on this earth for so long. If you chase a real thing, it doesn't matter. But what what are you trying? What sort of fulfillment could you get out of doing performing and doing comedy? What are you trying to get? I think I just want to be uh, happier in life. And okay. I think I've been happier since I started doing it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the confidence you get from when it goes well. Uh, learning how to get better. Uh, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. I normally quit mm-hmm. a lot of things and yeah. they don't go well. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things I don't know how to do because it was too hard. But this something about it just stuck with me. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, as long as I'm having fun and being happy doing it, I just want to keep doing it for as long as possible. I don't want money. I don't want fame. I definitely don't want fame. Yeah. I just want to have fun doing it forever. <laughs> Interesting. I I have two things. I have the, yeah, I'd like to be heard. Um, and I want, you know, my voice to, you know, just enter, entertain. Maybe bring people joy. Kind of like what you're saying. Maybe yeah. like, because I'm uh, in my own head. I know we all think we're weird, but I do have some things about me that... Um, I know a lot of people have sort of flaws and fears and insecurities that I know a lot of people have. And I know that me doing certain jokes that I do, or most of the jokes I do, I'm really just trying to alleviate that from other people to say like, oh, this is a normal dude. It's just a normal dude. And I was kind of ashamed of this thing about me, you know, maybe, I don't know, like I have... A joke about calling a girl a slut in high school, you know? Um, And now I look back, I'm like, oh, that was terrible. Like, what a terrible thing to do. And then I look back, but I make a joke like, I only called her a slut because she wasn't hooking up with me, you know? And that was really what it was. It was just radiating my own insecurity. So I thought maybe if I call this girl a slut, I'll feel better about myself. You know? Yeah. And I think we all have that. And we're like, oh, I was such a terrible person in high school. It's like, you weren't terrible. You were just insecure. You had a ton of acne or whatever. And you just thought, you know, if you point out someone else's flaw, it'd make you feel better. And it's yeah. okay. You feel bad. Move on. You know? Yeah. Um, the other, then the other thing is I just want to be like super famous. And Oh, okay. Yeah. So oh, the, the exact g- opposite. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Well, and the girls that like didn't, those girls I called sluts. They would be like, "Wow, we were wrong about him. Like, look <laughs> at him; he's he's on TV." So you you wouldn't mind walking down the street and having everybody know you? That wouldn't bother you? I'm sure it would get old. Oh, I'm sure because everyone talks about it getting old. Yeah, and I'm sure it would be very overwhelming and um, get exhausting after a while. But yeah, no, that sounds great. The validation <laughs> and people kind of uh, I don't know, or maybe even people bragging about knowing you. Saying like, oh yeah, Joey Bertoft, I uh, I didn't hook up with him in high school. I wasn't like trying to like, you know what I mean? Like I girls didn't like you, whatever. Right. And it kind of sucked. But yeah, those people bragging about going to high school with you. It's like, it's, you know, I mean, it's completely selfish, but I'm just saying it's there. It's that sort of like, yeah, sure. I want to be famous. I want to be recognized. I want to be validated. Um, I want people that doubted me to realize they were wrong. That's the unhealthy part of it. And right. I recognize that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I tell myself I would hate that. But sometimes it's, if, if somebody makes eye contact with me and I think they might know me, there's part of me that's like, I really want them to say, hey, do you do comedy? That Exactly. And I've never exactly. had that happen. So maybe I would like that. But it would, you can recognize that it would feel good. It would. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I think not to brag. I don't think it's really bragging that someone may have possibly recognized me from an open mic in Cincinnati, but yeah, it's happened. And when people say like, oh, I saw you at Motor one time, you're really funny. You did some joke about blah, blah, blah. That feels so good. But it only, you know why it feels good? It's because I'm insecure about myself and it's someone saying, hey, you're valuable when I don't have value in myself. That's true. If I had self-confidence, I'd be like, oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But it wouldn't affect me as much as it does. Yeah, I gotcha. That makes sense. What's uh, What do you think the best compliment you've ever gotten was? Ooh, this is fun. <laughs> Let's revel. Um, 
Do you got one? You I go did. first. Yeah. Go nuts, okay. man. Yeah, hit it. Well, the only reason I wanted to bring it up is because it's the friend who saw me have the panic attack oh, at awesome. Dublin Pub. All he right. saw me, I think maybe six or seven months later at the Funny Bone. And after the set, he was wiping his eyes from tears because that's the kind of laughter he does. When he oh. laughs, he cries. Oh, that's so awesome. he was laughing and he said something that's going to stick with me hopefully forever. And he said, I didn't want to laugh, but you made me have to laugh at that. Oh, and that's that it. was the best thing I've, I've ever heard. That's my goal every yeah. time. It was like, that's my kind of humor is you shouldn't want to laugh, but you can't help it. That's, that's everything I've wanted. It was great. So it was cool for him to see me come so far. Uh, I still have a long ways to go, but it was, it was nice, especially because it was him to redeem yourself. Yeah. If it was anybody, I would have still loved it. But the fact that it was him, I was like, all right, maybe I can keep going at this. That's awesome. That does feel good. I think you need, like, I know it's kind of unhealthy to seek validations from others in order to, you know, kind of get that high. But doing comedy, you need it. Yes. You're never going to make it if you're not getting some sort of encouragement from somebody out there, you know? Yeah. It's just going to be miserable. You're just going to, you know, you got to hold on to those, hey, uh, good set. And then you just need to think, wow, he thinks I'm the best. (laughs) You know? Yeah. You need to have that delusion. You need to pull things out of context and like i'm yeah i'm still coming up to like somebody like dan seabury after the show and like how did i how did i do dan was that was that good like i still need validation even though he's seen me a hundred times yeah Yeah, it's just and he said you know eventually i'm gonna go to other comics for that you know people have been doing it longer but it's still just anybody tell me i did well so i have something to go on if the show didn't go very well it's just you're right it's selfish and you just gotta yeah sometimes you, you have to have it yeah. yeah. I, I think know. you should, yeah, I think ultimately you should just say now. You should be like, oh, it went well, it did this. Yeah. Maybe sometimes you're like, hey, uh, I don't really have a good grasp of how that went. And then you can yeah. say, with someone you trust, it's not just going to blow smoke up your Absolutely. ass and say, hey, you're the best. Someone that's gonna, going to say, uh, this was good, this was bad, uh, this was bad for this reason. Someone you trust that's yes. not just trying to like put you down, but someone that's trying to make you better. A good friend. Constructive criticism. Yep. I never, nobody wants to be the comic who says they killed it every single night. And there's people like that. Yeah. And it's like, no, you didn't. You didn't. Right. Do Except it. for me. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you forgot. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen you, but I'm sure that's what's happened. Oh, I'm the best. The greatest. Uh, now, yeah, you do have to, you have to have that. You can't be like, yeah, you can't be doing, you can't be doing comedy for feedback from other people. You can't be doing it to hear you're the greatest. If you're trying yeah. to like fill some weird hole, trying to fill your insecurities with laughter from other people, you're doing it for the wrong reason. And you're trying to like find an identity as a comic and you feel like that identity's robbed from you when no one laughs. I think you're doing it for the wrong reason. So what do you think is the right reason to do comedy? Because you genuinely love it, good or bad. Okay. Because you just want to be heard. Yeah. I think that's it. So it's still selfish, though. Yeah. But it's still, that's the good reason to do it. Right. And I'm, this is, you know, this is my point of view. Yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. If I see someone, um, someone has got to do it that doesn't care if it goes good or bad. They just, they want to have fun. They find it fun. They even learn how to enjoy the bat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you have to learn how to enjoy failing. Yeah, you do still getting there but yeah it's coming along you know i don't beat myself up as much afterwards so that's good yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta hit the certain amount of failures when you're like doesn't enough bee stings you don't even notice the bee stings you know yeah yeah and you have to someone told me even if you're doing the same set you have to pick one thing to work on every show Mm -hmm. whether it's holding the mic differently to see what it does you know trying the inflection of your voice a different way or what, or, uh, you know, things like that. So even when you bomb, if you did one thing new, you'll know how it went yeah. and you can learn from that. Hopefully. True. So, yeah. I mean, you gotta, you got everything's, everything's practice, you know? Yeah. You can I always mean, get better. And this is all just me talking out of my ass and like, second welcome to the show. Yeah. This is what it is, man. <laughs> That's why I figured <laughs> this isn't, this isn't a uh, scholarly or anything. We're just dudes talking. Yeah. yeah all you have. It's a human experience show. All you have is your own experience to draw from. That's what your truth is. You know? 
Yeah. So if if someone starts quoting stats like this amount of comedians when they read their sets and they do that and this, I'm like, I don't care about your stats. What rings true to you? It's what's about anecdotal experience. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, dude, this has been awesome. Yeah. What do you uh What do you got to plug? Uh, next Wednesday, I am at the Dayton Funny Bone, uh, 7 p.m. Uh-huh. Uh, if you see my name, Joe Young, you can get in for free. Uh, Sick. Yeah. Uh, that. Not that following. The next Thursday, May 26th, uh, Lucky Star Brewery. I have a uh, showcase I run there every month. I've been. It's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we have... Shoot. I forget who we have headlining it this month. That's really bad. Oh, I think I do. Know. It's uh, Carl Spath, isn't it? Yes, Carl yeah. Spath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's headlining it. So that's great. We got a couple other Cincinnati guys on the ticket. Uh, so this should be a good show. That's free as well. So cool. that's at 8 p.m. Uh, May 26th. Right on, man. So Yeah. Yeah. And uh, follow me on Twitter if you want, Joe Young Comedy. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Joe. Thank you. All right. Later.